Well, tonight I've asked uh, Brother Josh to speak for us tonight, and um, we got um, some changes coming along, as you well know, with our adult Bible classes kicking off starting on January the 5th, uh, just expanding those, I should say. And in the meantime, at the same exact time, I should say, we're rotating, we're moving our staff around a little bit. I want to try to cross-train our staff a little better. I want them to have the opportunity to know the ministry from top to bottom. And so what I've done is uh, that and a few other things. I have taken Brother Cavanaugh and I've moved him out of the teen department, put him into the adult ministries. And I've taken Brother Josh now and out of the adult ministries, moved him into the teen ministry. And so now the last seven years or let's see, six years, I think, Brother Cavanaugh's been the youth uh, minister, director here. And now Brother Josh is going to get that opportunity. And so now they can't complain about one another. They can't say, well, your ministry's not as good as mine and all of that stuff. They'll all get the feel of both of them and They'll appreciate one another, I think, more and more all the time. And uh, so I, uh, that's not why I have Brother Josh speaking tonight. Actually, I tried to take a little time off this past week, and I thought, you know what? Uh, I want to be able to give my full attention to preaching, and if I'm going to take some time off, I, I don't want to have to be focused all week on a message, to be honest with you. And so what I did was I, I asked him to speak. That's why Brother Rigo spoke Wednesday, by the way. And because uh, I, I just wanted to, to be able to kind of separate myself from that, focus on Sunday morning. I left it at that. And uh, boy, I tell you, uh, I've enjoyed this past week and uh, looking forward to a great week this week, you know. And uh, I didn't realize as I took that time off how close we are to Christmas already. Uh, I, don't, I don't think ahead very far, at least not when it comes to per- personal things. Uh, the ministry is a little different, but uh, I, I just kind of like take things as they go. And boy, Christmas is here now. Now I'm getting excited about Christmas, all right, because it's here finally. Amen? Okay? And uh, I'm looking forward to that. But I'm also looking forward to hearing Brother Josh, my son, speak tonight and uh, looking forward to that. I have been very proud of our staff, guys, and uh, all through these years they've done such a fabulous job. But honestly, I think we have a great staff here. And uh, we just, uh, you know, as a pastor, it's not that often that preachers can leave or do what they need to do. And I don't leave much, obviously. I don't go places and things like that much. But, boy, if I do have to go somewhere, boy, what a great staff we have that can step in at any time and preach and teach the Word of God. And you're going to get something every time. And even with Brother Rigo, I mean, Wednesday night, I mean, are you kidding me, right? I mean, that was just phenomenal. And we're just so blessed. And I know there's a number of other men, even in the room right now, that could step in and preach, and I would be very confident to have you do so. And, uh, you know, I don't want to go through names, but I know there's a number of you that could do that for me. And, boy, I'll tell you what, very few preachers have that opportunity and, and, and have that, that uh, just uh, blessing of having men of God that they can trust to do those things. So, anyway, without further ado, Brother Josh, you come preach. Again, starting January the 5th, he'll be the new youth director. So, if you see one of these teenagers getting out of hand, guess what? You go to him now and tell him, I'm sick of your teenagers. <laughs> Don't go to Brother Kavanaugh and tell him that, right? Okay, and you guys better be on your best behavior because he knows the bastard pretty good, too. <laughs> All right. Brother Josh. All right, I stand before you extremely encouraged this evening. I've got class members back here fist pumping. As the preacher is saying, next week's my last week in class. Oh, I feel great. Oh, man, these guys. We had an activity yesterday. They told me they were going to give me a hard time. We won't go into how much food Joe ate back there. We won't talk about that. Man, that was something to see for sure. (laughs) I'm glad to be standing here right here right now. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for the opportunity to preach the gospel. 
And that's, that's our job, right, church? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that's what we're here to do. I'm thankful for the opportunity that I had this afternoon. It was a, it, it was a fun opportunity as we uh, acted out this Christmas story with the first through fifth grade junior church, the bus children. They all had their little puppets, and they acted the whole thing out. And boy, that was an adventure I will not soon forget. That was fun. <laughs> they did all right, but it gets a little crazy up there when you're talking first through fifth graders, and there was a good group of them. We had a blast. We had fun. Thought about doing it in the service tonight, giving you all a paper bag, making a craft. I mean, I thought you'd enjoy that. I thought everyone would like that. Get ready, teenagers. It's on, okay? Looking forward to it. We're going to go to Luke chapter 2. They can't handle it. I know, I know. Luke chapter 2. And this is a well-known portion of Scripture. However, I am going to bypass all that is so well-known. Uh, you'll see verse number 6 down there through verse number 20. Oh, we read that. And I enjoy reading that portion of Scripture over and over and over again this time of year. I love it. Um, especially, I should say, this time of year. But I get down to verse number 21. And that's where I'm going to pick it up from uh, this evening. We're talking a few days removed from the birth of Christ. And uh, in verse number 21, I'll read these couple of verses by way of introdu introduction. It says in verse number 21, And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, roughly 33 days, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it was written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. And then we get into verse number 25. We talk about a man by the name of Simeon. And then all the way down there in verse number 36, and this is where we will spend the majority of our service, we're going to talk about a lady by the name of Anna. What can we learn from this one, Anna? It says in verse number 36, And there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with an a husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Let's pray. Father, we come to you we are so thankful to be here tonight, so very grateful for this place, for this church, for everything that it represents. We are thankful for our pastor. We are thankful for the opportunity that we have just to, to meet here tonight, worship and praise your holy name. Lord, I pray that you just bless these next few moments as we dig into your word. Lord, that we would be able to learn something this evening. We could apply these truths to our lives, uh, that it would make a difference in our heart and our life this evening. That way we could make a difference in the world in which we live. Lord, we want to just to give this time, this moment to you. I pray, Lord, right now 
you remove me from the equation. Yeah, you get rid of me, Lord. I, I need you right now. You just help me, bless me. I'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Verse number 36, and there was one Anna. There's Mary and Joseph, little baby Jesus, and they've got a to-do list. And their to-do list takes them eventually to Jerusalem. And here they run into this lady, Anna, at the temple. And she is a pretty special lady. Um, as I have dug into scripture, and this account here is only mentioned once in the Bible. But she, she's pretty amazing. And I'll tell you why. I want to break this down for you. I want to help you understand exactly why. And perhaps you've read this before. You've heard this story, I'm sure. You've seen it for yourself. But what makes Anna so great? What separates her from the pack, from the crowd? Anna, what can we learn from her this evening? Number one, I want to take a look at her testimony. Number one, let's take a look at her testimony. And there was one Anna, a prophetess. Now, through Scripture, if you go back into the Old Testament, you'll see this mentioned a handful of times, just a couple of times. One, a well-known name, uh, Miriam, the, the sister of Moses and Aaron, um, had this title. Um, Deborah, uh, she was a pretty important lady in the Old Testament. Uh, to the children of Israel, for sure. Then there was Hulda, and uh, let's go there really quick. I want to read this. This is interesting. kind of helps set the groundwork here for understanding this sense, uh, prophetess, this words. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 22. 2 Kings 22 and verse number 14. 2 Kings 22. just want to read a verse here says in 2 Kings chapter 22, verse number 14, So Hilkiah the priest, and Ahikam, and Achbor, and Shaphan, and Asahiah went unto Hilda, the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvah, the son of Haras, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college, and they communed with her. This lady, there she stayed at the college, and she was one of the scriptures. She knew the scriptures. She was there, and so much so, it's proved by the fact that the priest themselves went to her for advice. This one here, Anna, in Luke chapter 2, take a look at her for just a second, bounce back there to our original text. Luke chapter 2 and verse number 36, and there was one Anna, a prophetess. This is one who knew the scriptures. This lady knew the scriptures. She knew the word of God. She knew this book, the Bible. It was important to her. She knew it well. Notice as it continues on, the daughter of Phanuel. This is interesting. 
Um, I won't take too much time here, but this takes us back, and I won't even turn there in Scripture, but this takes us, and as a reminder, it takes us all the way back to Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, all the way back to Genesis chapter 32. And you'll remember this account, you'll remember the story, where Jacob, Jacob wrestles with that angel, that, that one all night long. He fights and wrestles, and so much so that what he ended up dislocating his hip, he was hurt as a result. He would not let go of this one. He wouldn't let go, wrestled and fought all night long. And finally, in that instance, because it was getting it was getting light out, he couldn't he didn't want to see this one face to face. And ultimately, he ended up seeing this one face to face. And that's where this name came from. That's where this name originated. He said, you know what? I saw God face to face, and so I'm going to call this place Benuel. All right? That's where the name originated. Face to face with an almighty God. Not many men through Scripture can say they saw God face to face. Not many men at all. Now, what makes Anna so very special? We see she's a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. Hold on one second, and I'm getting rolling here. I'm getting going. Asher, this name, this is one of the tribes in Israel. The name literally means happy. She is a spiritual lady. I believe, based on some of the scripture that we read here, I believe she's a happy lady. Now, have you, have you ever met, let me ask you this, and we'll get to this later, because she's a grateful person. She gives thanks there at the end. Have you ever met a grateful grump? I don't know. I, I, that's the question I asked myself as I, as I was reading. You know, you see someone that's grumpy. You go, maybe you go to work with this person. Maybe you go to a Sunday school class with this person, Joe. Oh, man. You go, you, you, you know a grumpy person. A grumpy person is very rarely grateful, thankful. She's very thankful. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. But I believe it would do us all a lot of good if we would take a step back and just remember, recall, think about all that we have to be thankful for. I think that would put a smile on our face. We as Christians sometimes are guilty of walking through life, not that happy one, that grumpy one, sad, upset. Life is so rough. It's so tough. Ugh. Why? Why as Christians, how is it that we as Christians could walk through this life with a doom and gloom, depressed attitude? How is that possible? With all that we have to be thankful and grateful for, with all that God has done for us. Do you come to church with a smile on your face? Do oh, That's easy. That's easy. Do you go to work with a smile on your face? That's not as easy. We go to work, and that's where our testimony is so very important. Oh, it's important here. Don't get me wrong. I understand, even in this element right here in church, when we go to work, that's when we can do the most damage. You know what I'm talking about? That's when we can make an impact in this world in which we live. When that co-worker watches you day in and day out, 
week in and week out, and they say, man, ups and downs, the boss is grumpy, the boss is mean, and brother so-and-so, that guy over there, he doesn't call you brother, I do, he says, man, always got a smile on his face. No matter how bad it gets at work, he's always got, she's always got a smile on her face. That's a powerful testimony. Just that simple smile. I'm burdened today. I'm stopping here because I am burdened today by Christians who are unable to smile. Hold on a second. I'm what did Jesus Christ do? Can you, the story, Luke chapter 2, he left what? A perfect home in heaven for me? We acted it out in the first through fifth grade junior church. Little baby Jesus, did he, was he born in a beautiful hospital bedroom? No, no, he wasn't. Oh, was he born in a big old mansion? No, no, he wasn't. Was he born, where was he born, kids? In a barn? Yeah. Yeah, he was. I'm talking the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords for you and for me. And I can't go to work on a Monday with a smile on my face. I'm talking about her testimony today. It was a powerful testimony. I think everyone that came in contact with this one, Anna, knew all about it. Knew all about her Lord and Savior. It tells us there at the end. She couldn't help but tell everyone in Jerusalem about this one Jesus. She had a powerful testimony. She loved her Lord. She knew the scriptures. She had a smile on her face. She had something to be grateful for. We can have this same testimony and we should. How's your testimony? How is my testimony as a church? You know, there's a lot of churches across America that have a very bad testimony. Where they're at. That's sad. That's very sad. There's a lot of Christians who have a bad testimony in their neighborhoods. At their workplace. At their family function. How's our testimony today? And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age. Notice, continuing on, on the testimony here, this lady, oh, well, she must have been pretty young, you know. She, she was happy and excited and grateful and thankful. No, actually, she is, I guesstimated, she is roughly around 107 to 110 years old, this lady. <gasps> what? No, I'm serious. That's how old she is. We'll get into it in a moment. But she's been a widow for over 84 years. This is a pretty old lady. Excuse the term, I'm sorry. Great age. That's what it was. She was of great age, yes. And yet this was, let, let me park here for just a second and we'll roll on. We'll move to the next point. Folks, we are upset today. We're disappointed. We are saddened by this reality that it, we're really struggling in our churches today to keep our young people in church. We're, and that's across the board, across America, across the globe. We're struggling to keep our young people in church. They get of age and they get their vehicle. 
And they get their cell phone when they turn three, and they head out the door. We're worried. What's wrong? What's happening with our young people today? Oh, no. Hold on a second. I'm right there with you on that one. But what's with the generation that says, I've done my tour. And we're content to just sit by. You say, I am of great age. I turned 36 yesterday. I did my tour. I'm just going to sit there. Preacher, you preach, and I'll amen you. Folks, we've got too many Christians sitting on the sidelines, and we can give excuse after excuse after excuse. What about Anna, 107 years old, praying and fasting day and night? What a testimony! What a testimony. Well, she's lucky. She had it easy. Well, let's take a look. Her testimony. Number two, let's take a look at the troubles. She had some troubles, and I mentioned it just a moment ago. You know, married seven years. Married seven years. Let's look at it. End of verse number 36. And had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity, and she was a widow of about four score and four years. She's, she's had some troubles, too. It's just not fair. Everyone else, she grew up, she had some friends, and her friends were, were married. And she was married at one point, but only for a few years. And then life, life happened. All of her friends, all the way through, years, years go by, married, family, children. You, that's a big thing. We can overlook that, but someone, a, a, a woman, a lady who really so desperately wants children and cannot have children, that's a big deal. She had some troubles. She had difficulties, hardships that she faced, yet she stayed faithful. Each and every single one of us in the room this evening can point to difficulties that we face, perhaps even on a regular basis. And they may vary across this auditorium. One may say, he's got nothing compared to me, what I have to deal with. We all have troubles. We all face difficulties along the way. Ups and downs in this life in which we live. How do we handle it? How do we deal with those difficulties? How do we deal with the troubles that we face? Just the other day, a couple of days ago, you've probably been there before. Here I was at the church, and I was all by myself, okay? I'm all by myself, and I ran back in. I had already left. I drove off the parking lot, out of the parking lot, pulled back in. I forgot something in my office, and I walked back in. For some reason, I don't know why, I always put my keys in my jacket pocket right here. And this time I didn't. I set them down on my desk. I grabbed what I needed and I walked out the door. I walked down the hallway, got to the main door. The door flung open. It's a big, heavy door. I'm getting in my car. The door is a heavy door and it comes back nice and slow. And I feel in my pocket and I go, no, and the door is closing. And I take off running and it closes right before I get there, locked out. 
here by myself. What am I going to do? It's cold outside. Man, I'm telling you, it sounds funny right now, and I can joke about it right now, but in the moment, I wasn't ready to joke. Oh, man, I was not happy. Come on, really? I've got plans tonight. I gotta, I've got places to be. I don't have time for this. Well, it all worked out. It really did, and everything was just fine. But, whoa, we can get a little flustered. We can get frustrated. We face troubles. I remember, and my mind goes here every year at this time, and some of you, the reason I mention it is because some of you are, are dealing with the same thing in some form. Every year, just a couple of days ago, a handful of years back, the family, I'm still at home, I'm 15 years old or so, I can't remember, the whole fam hops in the vehicle, in the van, we're going to drive off and see some Christmas lights, it's one week before Christmas, and we're driving, having a good old time, looking forward to what we're going to see, and dad's phone rings, and he says, mom, Sherry, pull over, I could hear it in the tone of his voice, something was off, something was wrong, and in that moment, I pull off to the side of the road, he turns around and he says, guys, I've got some bad news, your cousin Doug just died, I remember that like it was just yesterday, can play that in my mind, every year at this time it comes back, some of you have the same feelings flooding back every year. There are legitimate struggles, difficulties in which we face in this life in which we live. Anna, Anna, how do we deal with this? What do we do about it? Verse number 37, and she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, <clears throat> which departed not from the temple. You know what? She was faced with some difficulties. She had some troubles. She stayed in church. She stayed in church. Oh, our difficulties, our struggles, what do they usually do? They send us, they kick us out of church. I can't take it anymore. She stayed in church. She served her God. Just take a step back, Anna. It'll be all right. She served her God. You're struggling this time of year. You're hurting. I don't know what it is you're dealing with. You know right where you're at. I am encouraging you this evening. Stay in church. Please, brother, sister, don't quit serving God. The devil's fighting you right now. There's someone in this auditorium right now. The devil is fighting. He's trying to get you out. He wants you to go a different direction. He wants you to stop serving in the bus ministry. He wants you to stop serving in the Sunday school ministry. He wants you to go a different direction this evening. Don't stop serving your God. Don't quit on your God. That's what Anna would tell you. Take a look at her testimony. 
It proves it. She's had some troubles, no doubt. And number three, let's look at it. And she coming in that instant, verse number 38, gave thanks. Her testimony, her troubles, her thanksgiving. She was thankful. She was grateful. I love this. Beside the point, but really quick. And she coming in that instant. Oh, look, this is how we say it. Wow, Anna, you're so lucky. Unbelievable. There you are. And you get to see Jesus face to face. Unbelievable. Some people have all the luck. I, I, I think of it like this. I couldn't help when I thought of this. I couldn't help but think of like Mr. Harris. He is constantly, continually finding the treasures. He finds it. He goes to the yard sale Boom. It's just amazing. The amazing treasures. He goes to Goodwill. And how did you find that thing? Are you kidding me? And you know people like that, right? And I'm going to go to all the yard sales in the land and I'm going to get all these prizes. I'm going to flip them and make a million dollars. And you'll lose 30 bucks. Come on. Really? Ah. Some people have all the luck. You know the difference between me or from me and Mr. Harris? All the time. I mean, he is always stopping at a goodwill. He's always, he knows where to look. He's consistent. He's faithful. I get on Brother Kevin all the same way. He'll go to the auction. He's like, how did you find that thing at the auction? He always goes to the auction. He's faithful. It's every Friday night. Boom, boom, boom. You know why I didn't find anything? Because maybe once, two times in the last month, month and a half, I went to the auction. I went to the goodwill. Sporadic. Rarely happens. But some people have all the luck. No, 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 no. has nothing to do with that. I can't believe I missed that service. Unbelievable. What are you talking about, miss that service? You've missed five times in the last month. It's not a coincidence, folks. Well, that guy, that evangelist over there, that guy, he is, he's got the Holy Ghost all over him. Some people have all the luck. It's not a coincidence. It's not an accident. God says, uh, that one. No, that's not how it works. Not at all. That's a choice that we have. In that instant, you know why she saw Jesus that day? Why? She told us in the previous verse. And departed not from the temple. Departed not from the temple. She was always there. So if Jesus showed up, she was going to see him. If Jesus shows up, she's going to find him because she's always there. I don't want to miss a thing. And she coming in that instant gave thanks. What can we learn from Anna? Great testimony. Wonderful testimony. Yes, she had some troubles, no doubt. But she was thankful. She proved it. She proves her thankfulness. Gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. I love you, Lord. I'm thankful for all that you do, for everything you've done. When's the last time I passed out a gospel track? When's the last time I invited that person to church? 
I love you, Lord, and I'm thankful for you. I'm grateful for you. How much do I talk about talk about Jesus at work? How much do I talk about Jesus when I'm out and about in the world in which I live today who is in desperate need of this Jesus that I know, that I love, and that I serve? Am I grateful? Let me prove it. Are you grateful? Are you thankful? Let's prove it. In conclusion, I want to go back to the top here. Verse number 36. Focus in on this one statement. And there was one. And there was one. You know what I think Anna would tell us today? What separated Anna? And there was one Anna. I circled that name Anna and above it wrote my name in there. What will separate me today? What's going to separate this church? What will separate you in this evil day? Anna? No, it wasn't my name. It wasn't the position that I held. People so prophetess and no, it wasn't my position. No, it wasn't my father or the tribe in which I was born into. Mm-mm. No, it wasn't even the fact. What separates me? No, 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 not even my great age. No. You know what separates me? My God. You know what separates me? My Lord. That's the difference. I want to ask you this evening. Can you sing this? This song's been on my heart, my mind, since I came up with this thought when the Lord revealed it to me, gave it to me. This song. Christ is all I need. I'm going to stop there for a second. I'm worried. I'm concerned that there are some of us in here who legitimately cannot sing that song. Christ is all I need. Christ is all I need. All I need. Christ is all I need. Christ is all I need. All I need. Is there something else you long for? Is there something else that will bring satisfaction? If I just get this position at work. When we get in this new house, then I will. When we move. Christ is all I need. Christ is all I need. All I need. What about this verse? He was crucified. For me he died. On Calvary. That is why I know. He loves me so. He's all. Anna, can you just give me some advice? Just 
give me something good. Christ is my all in all. That's it. I need Christ. He satisfies. He makes the difference. He's all I need. Father, we come to you. Lord, we are grateful. We are thankful just to be here tonight. I think of the many Christians who have gone on before me, some who have literally given their very lives for the cause of Christ. Lord, I'm grateful for the heritage that I have. Let me never take it for granted. Lord, I pray tonight that Community Baptist Temple would have a powerful, powerful testimony in this place, Akron, Ohio. Lord, we need you. We will not make the difference in this place without you. Please, Lord, protect us. Give us strength and boldness. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's all stand as the music begins to play. <laughs>